good Sabbath morning. This last week was the second week in the season of Eastertide, and what a week it has been. As my neighbor describes it, a cataclysmic spring. Two more late blizzards out where we live, covering the newly emerging daffodils and the fading snowdrops with icy pellets. The COVID-19 virus continuing to baffle doctors and scientists alike. The 50th anniversary of Earth Day with its reminder of the ever-pressing strain on our world ecosystem and our desire to change the way we live, but our failure to be able to do so. And our hearts go out to our gentle province of Nova Scotia with its beautiful ocean views and rich farmland and the little fishing villages dotting the coastline. And now, with 22 people killed in random fashion, as though the great mystery of each of them were nothing more than a used paperback novel to be thrown in the trash can. And the soul of the person who caused the uproar, so distraught as to have forgotten his own belovedness. It always comes to this, the forgetting of our own value. It is why we squander our time, wasting it in pointless argument, slandering our neighbor, complaining about our parents, guarding our borders, inciting violence, initiating wars, always instigated by our own greed. It is because we have forgotten who we are and then who others are. Imagine what we are. Silken mechanisms animated by the soul's ethereal wanderings. Our bloodlines mixed together as long back as there is time. We are unique in all the world and precious too. Me and you, each of us and all of us. Try and absorb that for a moment and hold everyone close to you in tenderest embrace, whether they are with you physically or just in your mind's eye. And hold, too, all those Nova Scotians who were alive days ago and now no longer draw breath. Grant them grace and safe journey, both victims and perpetrator both. For violence tarnishes the soul of everything it touches, and only grace can rise above it and set those in its web free. I am Reverend Dr. Candace Bist, and along with my husband, Bruce Lee, we serve the Shelburne Primrose Pastoral Charge in southern Ontario, and very happily so. Though as we continue to self-isolate at the end of our dead-end road, it can often feel a bit surreal. So we are very glad to gather with you this morning and to hold the great mysteries before us and see what we might yet discover together.
The human condition is a complicated business, and no less the divine. The United Church of Canada writes in its ever-unfolding faith statement that God is holy mystery beyond complete knowledge, above perfect description. Yet, in love, the one eternal God seeks relationship. God creates the universe, and with it the possibility of being and relating, tends the universe, mending the broken and reconciling the estranged, enlivens the universe, guiding all things toward harmony with their source. Our faith statement recognizes God in the traditional Trinitarian form, but speaks of God as creator, redeemer, sustainer, mother, friend, comforter, source of life, living word, bond of love, and in other ways that speak faithfully of the one on whom our hearts rely, the fully shared life at the heart of the universe. I would say the heartbeat of the universe. And we are but witnesses to this holy mystery, which is holy love. That's what we do on Sunday morning or any other time you are listening to this podcast. We stand as witnesses, taking some quiet time to lean into the mystery we do not claim to know, but we acknowledge is fully alive and present in the world and that we seek in nature, in the company of others, and in all the possibilities that arise around us. Our opening hymn is a familiar melody, the words, newer ones, an adaptation from an ancient piece of writing from the Celtic Christian tradition known as Patrick's Breastplate. Legend has it the words were said by the patron saint of Ireland as a poetic talisman, keeping him safe in the armor of his faith. This day God gives me strength of high heaven, sun and moon shining, flame in my heart, flashing of lightning, wind in its swiftness, deeps of the
Bruce's little Irish band. I thought they sounded a bit confused when I first heard them, but Bruce loves them all so much. And they're so intent on their folk instruments and so earnest in their playing. Of course, they only exist in Bruce's mind and in his fancy recording equipment. But it is amazing how the mind can conjure them all up in technicolor, complete with an interesting wardrobe and a fanciful setting. I so want to invite them for dinner. Perhaps that's because we are five weeks into self-isolation and the prospect of inviting Irish musicians for dinner who will relish my cooking and laugh and drink too much is very tantalizing. Oh, what would we do without our imaginations? Now, as St. Patrick, he of the breastplate prayer and the lyric in our opening hymn, is a patron saint of Ireland, and so is Bridget of Kildare, a delightful character who is part legend, part reincarnation of the pre-Christian Irish goddess who shares her name. I love that besides being the patron saint of Ireland, Bridget is also the patron saint of poets, dairy maids, blacksmiths, healers, cattle, fugitives, Irish nuns, midwives, and newborn babies. Well, now, that's an interesting dinner party. Both these patron saints of Ireland are an integral part of what is broadly known as Celtic Christianity. Whenever we speak of environmental matters, whether in our creation season, which comes in the fall, or at this time of year as we honor Earth Day and the various celebrations around it, Celtic Christianity provides a lens for us where we see the importance of a naturalist spirituality that honors the earth as sacred gift. I don't think it's possible to separate spiritual intentions from environmental concerns. And this would be reflected in all Aboriginal thought, wherein the earth is seen as a living entity and humans in partnership with the gifts that God has given. Our call to worship today is a poem in the form of an imaginary invitation to Patrick and Bridget, who were both pastorally entwined with the Irish land and all things of field and farm and divinity. Patrick, Bridget, come and see. I've made a garden near the trees. My own guardians, tall and true, standing round in grey-green hue, 
breathing God with every breath, breathing God to offer rest. Patrick, Bridget, come and pick, flowers bursting blue and pink, bulbs are pushing through the earth, the green it heralds a rebirth. God is spring in every breath, God is sings to bring us rest. Patrick, Bridget, come and smell my rosebuds that begin to swell. Evelyn, Gertrude, Mary Rose, Darcy, bustle to tease your nose. The scent of heaven with every breath, the scent of heaven to offer rest. Patrick, Bridget, come and sit at my table candlelit. Friends and family sharing grace. Jesus, too, he has his place, telling stories with sweet breath, listening stories to give us rest. Patrick, Bridget, gather round. Autumn's gift, riches abound. Tomatoes, berries, take what you will. Fill your baskets and take your fill. Heavenly Father grants us breath. Heavenly Mother grants us rest. Patrick, Bridget, come be still, for winter now exerts her will, cloaks my dear garden in her snow, while all lies napping deep below. It's time to listen to our breath, winter's gift, the gift of rest. Patrick, Bridget, come and be in my garden close to me. Christ, he walks upon the land, in the garden takes my hand. We are all of us one breath. Come to my garden, come to rest. Pray with me. Gracious one, spring is tardy in her arrival this year. Winter winds and snow put on quite a show this week. But arrive she has as you ordained, the beauty of a season we watch and wait for through the dark months. We are all in a time of waiting, Everywhere throughout the earth, we are waiting to see what will become of us all. How will this tiny little virus shape our history, shape our hearts, open us up to new thought, as even now it shapes our day's activities and deems what we may do and what we may not. But we are grieved this week in our own country, for our fellows down in Nova Scotia, for humanity itself that seems to struggle to come to rights with you, for the disruptions in routines that leave us despairing or simply confused. But we know that just as spring comes, confusion may pass, despair may lift, and if we can keep company with you, 
There will be new understandings on the other side of this great wall of uncertainty. We wait in patience and in faith for what is yet to come. And we ask for courage and strength for all those who are weary. Amen. The setting apart of a special day to consider environmental initiatives and concerns began in 1970 in response to the Santa Barbara oil spill, where three million gallons of oil flowed into the ocean from an exploding drill site, killing vast numbers of fish, seals, seabirds, dolphins, and bringing to the world's attention the precarious balance between human progress and our ecosystem's destruction. And all these years later, we are still trying to grapple with the enormity of the problems we have created with our own cleverness. Thomas Berry was a passionist priest, geologian, his own description, an all-round deep thinker. He took upon himself the great work of helping the human race realign itself with priorities, recognizing that natural resources have inherent rights of life. In his seminal book, The Dream of Earth, he perfectly articulated the deep spiritual connection between humanity and the natural world. He wrote, The natural world is subject as well as object. The natural world is the maternal source of our being as earthlings and life-giving nourishment of our physical, emotional, aesthetic, moral, and religious existence. The natural world is the larger sacred community to which we all belong. To be alienated from this community is to become destitute in all that makes us human. To damage this community is to diminish our own existence. To understand these matters is to be involved in the spiritual practice of deep ecology. Deep ecology was first put forth by Norwegian philosopher and mountaineer Arna Ness. Karen Kluman tells me that she attended meetings with Ness as part of an early green movement in Norway before she came to live in Canada, and notes that Ness was a passionate man whom she liked very much. Ness would come to articulate, as others did after him, the importance of recognizing the value of all living beings and shaping environmental policies based on a love of nature and humanity working together. At the heart of all deep ecology and all environmental initiatives 
is the thought that we have to first examine our own hearts to see what changes need to be made there. And then, and only then, can we proceed to action in the world. This is the mirror image of the Great Commission that Jesus gave his followers. It is a common practice when we gather on Sunday mornings to read scriptures, to choose for consideration a passage from the Judeo-Christian Bible, 
and also to sing hymns. But hymns are really just scriptures morphed into modern poetic form and set to music. I note that often the melodies of our standard hymns are classic Gaelic or Welsh or Irish tunes, or in the case of that classic hymn, How Great Thou Art, a Swedish country refrain. The lyrics in most cases come from the 19th and 20th century, a time when the Christian texts were diffused into the atmosphere and re-emerged in popular novels and songs, Dickens to Dylan. So here is our first scripture reading in the form of a classic wonder, consider all the works thy hand hath made. I see the stars, and I hear the mighty thunder, thy power throughout the universe is displayed. Then sings my soul, Savior God to thee, how great thou art, how great thou art. Then sings my soul, my Savior God to thee, how great thou art, how great thou art. When through the woods and the forest glades I wander and I hear the birds sing sweetly in the trees. When I look down from lofty mountain grandeur and I hear the brook and feel the gentle breeze. Savior, God to thee, how great thou art, how great thou art, then sings my soul, my Savior, God to thee, how great thou art, how great thou art.
then sings my soul, my Savior God, to thee. How great thou art, how great thou art. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to thee. How great thou art. Our second scripture is from 2 Chronicles with selected verses from chapter 20. The main character in this brief vignette is Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, which was the southern part of the once united kingdom of Israel. Jehoshaphat had implemented vast reforms and educational initiatives in his early rule. Now he finds himself confronted with an international crisis that threatens to overwhelm his people. The invasion of Judah by a southeastern coalition of powers. But Jehoshaphat remembers what he was taught in Sunday school, and he knows that when he's in trouble, even though he is afraid, he can humble himself in prayer and thus lead his people to safety. The scripture begins, after this, the Moabites and Ammonites, and with them some of the Muonites, came up against Jehoshaphat for battle. Messengers came and told Jehoshaphat, A great multitude is coming against you from Edom, from beyond the sea. Jehoshaphat was afraid. He set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court and said, O Lord, God of our ancestors, are you not God in heaven? Do you not rule over all the kingdoms of the nations? In your hand are power and might so that no one is able to withstand you. We are powerless against this great multitude that is coming against us. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. I don't know about all of you, but some days I find that it's a lot to take in. I can't quite follow all the numbers and statistics and graphs concerning COVID-19. Bruce and I are in the age group where we are to stay out of sight, out of the traffic, out of the community, and stay at home. And I know a lot of you, too, may be in this same age group, or your parents may be, or your neighbors. For how long, we ask. We cannot plan or rebook or reschedule. We are essentially in a holding pattern with our lives, knowing that in many cases, if we are to contact the virus, we might not survive it. And all around us are others with needs of various kinds. And though we do our best to care for those in our own circles, how many throughout the world are outside protective circles of any kind? More than are in, I fear. 
And while we are confronted with the very real business of getting through the pandemic, the larger problem of our rapidly deteriorating ecosystem is no longer center stage. But this does not mean it has disappeared, though as industry has ground to a halt and clear skies appear on the horizon, it is impossible not to see the direct correlation the human machine of progress has on our ecosystem. Still, the problems to solve are complicated. As the incident this last week in Nova Scotia showed, we are still inundated with violent eruptions that occur in seemingly unlikely places, though the outpouring of violence, like terror, has its own agenda and is not biddable, nor bound by neighbourhoods nor national defence. We, like the Israelites of long ago, are surrounded by enemies on all sides. At this moment, there is a disease we cannot conquer, despite our phalanx of scientists and doctors bent over their chemistry sets in laboratories throughout the world. And for all we know of biology and geology and psychology, the shifting of the human consciousness into the next evolutionary level which is the base requirement in solving the vast array of environmental challenges, is a Herculean task. And we appear to be fresh out of Greek gods or any other mythical creatures able to force the world to their will. The violence that was so much a daily part of Israel's life is still alive and well and living with us today in different forms, but in strains no less virulent. And then there is the daily internal battles that each and every person fights through, something always to remember and honor. For those secret battles may not be visible to the outside world, but they require great strength and much energy. What to do? What to do? Jehoshaphat knew. That was what made him a great leader, he led Israel for 25 years, and in the language of the scriptures, he walked in the way of the Lord. What was his counsel to his frightened people? And what is our counsel today? Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the battle is not yours but God's. We don't know what to do, but we keep our eyes on you. And in the scriptures, the Israelites decide to sing and read psalms of praise, to be reminded of their place in the order of things, to be reminded who they are. We are called to stand steady and to be amazed at all that we do not know, all that we cannot control, all that may yet unfold. Amazement is such a welcome place to rest. You can bake bread and be amazed to see how yeast works. You can watch someone you have known a very long time sleep and wonder at their existence. You can watch the snowstorm and be amazed at its beauty, no matter the date 
on the calendar. You can read about people who have died who you never knew and be amazed at your own connection to them and the tears they draw from you that you did not know you possessed. We are in a time of waiting, but there is waiting in terror and anxiety, and there is waiting in amazement. Choose amazement. Choose to align yourself with divine thought, which is your noblest self. Choose to stand and be amazed.
that was the lovely Betty Ann Smith singing with her beautiful voice, and we do so wish we knew her whereabouts these days. She's an old friend who recorded original material for us many years ago. Lovely person, Betty Ann, and you can hear that in her singing. Do you remember this piece of writing, Desiderata? I have come back to it over and over through the years, have given copies of it to my children, and it comes to mind this week to share with you, perhaps as something that is already familiar or as a new source of inspiration. There is some loveliness in its meter and thought. It is our closing meditation and prayer. Go placidly amid the noise and haste and remember what peace there may be in silence. As far as possible, without surrender, be on good terms with all persons. Speak your truth quietly and clearly and listen to others, even to the dull and the ignorant, for they too have their story. Avoid loud and aggressive persons. They are vexations to the spirit. If you compare yourselves with others, you may become vain and bitter, for always there will be greater and lesser persons than yourself. Enjoy your achievements as well as your plans. Keep interested in your own career, however humble. It is a real possession in the changing fortunes of time. Exercise caution in your business affairs, for the world is full of trickery. But let this not blind you to what virtue there is. Many persons strive for high ideals, and everywhere life is full of heroism. Be yourself. Especially do not feign affection. Neither be cynical about love, for in the face of all aridity and disillusionment, it is as perennial as the grass. Take kindly to the counsel of the years, gracefully surrendering the things of youth. Nurture strength of spirit to shield you in sudden misfortune. But do not distress yourself with dark imaginings. Many fears are born of fatigue and loneliness. Beyond a wholesome discipline, be gentle with yourself. You are a child of the universe, no less than the trees and the stars, and you have a right to be here. And whether or not it is clear to you, no doubt the universe is unfolding as it should. Therefore, be at peace with God, whatever you conceive God to be, and whatever your labors and aspirations in the noisy confusion of life, keep peace in your soul with all its sham, drudgery, and broken dreams, it is still a beautiful world. Be cheerful and strive to be happy. Be blessed this day. Stay safe and well. If there is any good you can do, then do it, whatever it may be. 
And may the love of God, which surpasses all understanding, be with you. And may the grace and compassion that is the heart of Christ be alive and well in your heart also. And may the fellowship and the guidance of the great spirit that moves among us all be with you this day and all days.